Last Sunday, the 10 a.m. Mass, we had protesters coming across the sidewalk, 140 on megaphones, coming to disrupt worship service. This past Friday, we had 40 more protesters on the further sidewalk who stayed from after the homily till 20 minutes after Mass, chanting again on megaphones, disrupting the worship service. For the very least, it was an annoyance. At the greatest, we could anticipate great harm, expecting the worst. And so it's worth our consideration not to immediately retaliate, but to consult the words of the Lord who does his ministry amidst great suffering, amidst his passion. And assuming the worst, what is it that the Lord says? This is from John chapter 16. I have said all this to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father, nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. The Lord predicts the worst. He predicts much worse than just megaphones and shouting and slanderous words. And what he says is nothing practical. He does not say you are to do this, call this, um, call these people and have these infrastructures set in place. What he says is the spirit will lead you into all truth. And then at the end of the chapter, this is what he commands of us. I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. Hypothetically considering the words, whether this just be an annoyance with the political division, or whether the worst are, is to happen, what does the Lord command of us? He does not command a mindset of retaliation. He commands peace. I have said this to you that in me you may have peace. And how can he command peace? Does the Lord command a kind of indifference, a kind of pacifism, a kind of, look, everything, every little thing is going to be all right. He's not. He says that in me you have peace because I have overcome the world. Because I have overcome the world. I would like to turn back to the implications of this in Romans chapter 8. That Christ has overcome the world. What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution 
or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, and might I add, and of much less consequence at present, nor political division, nor protests, nor insults, nor cancellation, nor Twitter, nor Reddit, nor megaphones, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord can command peace because he truly has overcome the world. We know that the kingdom prepared for us is not the kingdom of this world, that it is the the prince of darkness who owns the kingdom of this world. The Lord has said it, and the Lord is trustworthy, and his words are true. The kingdom prepared for us is one of eternal peace, of eternal communion with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, of eternal joy. And that nothing can separate us from, no suffering can separate us from, except the possibility of sin. Only sin can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. Not sword, nor tribulation, nor megaphones, nor cancellation can can separate us from the possibility of inheriting that kingdom. And so we are commanded to have peace insofar as we believe that Christ is the victor and that he has already won the kingdom that is prepared for us. The problem is for us is that we simply do not have confidence, is that we simply lack the peace. Now, there is a kind of combat that the Lord is commanding us to. Again, the Lord is not saying just be a pacifist. Even the Lord overturns the tables in the temple whenever the temple is under assault, whenever the temple is being um, de-sanctified. And the temple of our own bodies that causes sin. St. Catherine of Siena says, without war there is no peace. Without spiritual combat there is no victory. And this combat is correctly viewed the place of our purification, of our spiritual growth, where we learn to know ourselves and our weakness, to know God in his infinite mercy. This combat is the definitive place of our transfiguration and glorification. Our great drama, again, is simply this, that we lack confidence in God. And the Lord does not command us to simply have peace for our own sakes. We heard in the gospel today that I am sending you out like lambs among wolves to bring peace outside of ourselves. But peace of heart must be conquered first. As the Lord commanded the storm of the sea to be calm, so he commands the storm in our uh, the storm in our hearts to be calm, because only when the lake is calm can it reflect the sun. Only when our hearts are calm can we truly reflect the Lord. And so we are to be of uh, a peaceful people, so that we can bring peace to others, as the Lord commanded us, as we are sent out amongst the wolves as sheep, 
And we are to do so, the Lord finishes in John chapter 16. We, are, we have a kind of peace of which he says that we are to have good cheer, to be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We are so utterly confident that Christ has overcome the world and that his kingdom is real and that his kingdom is eternal and lasts, for, and lasts forever that we anticipate even now that we have good cheer amongst the tribulation. As Christ says, being dragged out of synagogues, that we have good cheer. But this peace is something that remains within our hearts at all times. It does not escape our hearts, expecting to establish it on this earth. What Christ says is that if a peaceful home accepts you, let the peace be with him. But if a peaceful home does not accept you, if your peace is not accepted, do not even let the dust of that town cling to your feet. Do not even let the insults that we may hear cling to, our, to the lowest part of ourselves, even to our feet. To knock off even that dust. That the dust of this world will return to dust. So to remove that, to remain within communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, knowing that the one thing that can separate us from his kingdom is sin, and to be of good cheer. Because the kingdom that is prepared for us, we are his rightful heirs in Christ Jesus, whose victory and redemption is ours through his own blood.